Welcome to the fourth episode of The Virtual Estate, hosted by Xavier Martinelli and Jonathan Ben-Shimon. Today, I would like to welcome Andres Peterson from Capacity. How are you today, Andres? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, we are on lockdown, though, uh, so I have to work from home, but that's not a big inconvenience for me. Yeah, same as me. I think the whole world's going to be on lockdown, or if they're not, it's trying times for humanity. Um Okay, so I met you at NFT NYC where you introduced me to Eva Filler from the Austrian Post. Um, would you like to speak a little bit about the work you guys did um, with Eva for the Austrian Post? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I was traveling to NFT NYC. I think it was an amazing conference because I just saw that there was a lot of potential uh, and a lot of interest uh, coming from the traditional brands towards the virtual space and that a lot of uh, big players are starting to wake up now. I think that was something a lot of people felt on that conference. And so I was very honored uh, to be there and to uh, showcase a, a few of the things that we did. So um, just a little bit of background, uh, where, where I come from. So I've been working in the blockchain space uh, since 2011. I founded a nonprofit, Bitcoin Austria, together with uh, seven other people. We are doing uh, information events about blockchain and Bitcoin since 2011. Then I co-developed uh, co Mycelium. It's a popular Android wallet uh, for Bitcoin primarily. But uh, And then um, I started my own company, which uh, we're mostly doing things with distributed storage mm -hmm. and also uh, consulting projects like the, this, this big one that we did, like the Austrian crypto stamp or the yeah, international crypto stamp issued by the Austrian Post. So that was a, um, a very exciting project for us. So um, we started uh, to have the first conversations about this um, basically exactly uh, two two years ago okay um when there was a, like an innovation department inside the austrian post with some bright people said we need to do something with blockchain we don't know exactly what it is yet but we have this like long list of ideas that might be interesting um to do something where, where blockchain has some potential and they looked around and who could uh, help them execute these ideas uh, because um um, like big corporations usually have their running processes and they don't necessarily have the resources or uh, the specialization needed um, to do it themselves. So they reached out to the blockchain community where um, we had done some, some other projects in the past and had some good reputation. So they went with us to, um, to try to finish this process. And... Uh, yeah, we quickly narrowed down that uh, a collectible pro, uh, pro, uh, product would be something very interesting to create um, because, uh, first of all, it's not necessarily a huge complexity in terms of logistics or system integration and so on to do, uh, unlike, let's say, more complex uh, uh, product solutions connected, connecting logistics and blockchain. Um, but it's just a, a, a nice thing that can showcase um, really the strengths of, uh, of uh, blockchain as a um, digital ownership uh, registry for uh, some other uh, products. And back when we started, um, there was still a big impact that CryptoKitties had. 
Okay. And people certainly heard about CryptoKitties as like the thing that broke uh, the Ethereum uh, system, kind of, because everybody was uh, rushing to to breed uh, crypto uh, CryptoKitties yeah, yeah. Uh, on on the chain, and everything was kind of uh, filled up for a while. Um, that made it uh, kind of silly famous. Uh, that uh, it's e like a bunch of cats can basically bring down the most resilient infrastructure in uh, on the internet and um, but what, what we didn't really know is that there is there was an emerging standard and an emerging um, markets developing we weren't really fully aware of that but we looked around and saw okay um, if you want to track digital ownership mm -hmm. we there is a lot of extra infrastructure that we don't necessarily want to build or or can build like marketplaces like wallet integration like tools integration or other third parties but if we were just to use a simple standard um others can do that and we'll just throw it out there make it as standard as possible make it as interoperable as possible and maybe there will be somebody who will pick up um the tab and, and build a marketplace and build a mobile phone application that can manage it and so on. And that was yeah. our gamble. I think that, that was like the gamble that we took. To make, uh, to, uh, if we, nobody would have done that, it wouldn't have been an interesting product, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, we started this process in, um, in the summer of uh, 2018. And uh, we basically... Um, It took us uh, a couple of weeks to come up with a working prototype of the whole um, crypto stamp application that was like very basic still then. And uh, we presented it to a couple of people. They really liked it. And uh, we, uh, it was decided to our surprise um, that uh, in fact, the stamp that was associated with this uh, crypto stamp uh, uh, website uh, was in fact uh, like uh, jeweled or crowned to be the main uh, series, like a, a, a special edition. That's like one thing that is released per year. Yeah, we were very surprised um, uh, to see that uh, the um, collectors really liked it a lot and they gave very positive feedback. And so it was decided that the, the crypto stamp was made the official like special edition stamp of the year 2019. And that gave it a lot of uh, attention at least in Austria for first, but also internationally. Very so, cool. And, that, and that's, that's the stamp, and it's, it's got the unicorn as the, uh, the logo. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so every stamp, of course, has to have a motive. Yeah. And, um, well, uh, I will go into some details about what the physical product like provides and so on, but the first idea is it has to have an interesting story behind it. And of course, a unicorn it is a perfect animal, in my opinion, for the whole blockchain community. Uh, it is uh, imaginary, like uh, like everything <laughs> digital is. First, everything that is digital manifests in the minds of people. So I think that this is the first analogy that everything digital is, in fact, not real. Um, like a unicorn, it's also manifests just in the minds of people and in movies, of course, and drawings. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then uh, unicorn is also like a symbol for startup culture. And uh, I think it's pretty much the, um, the official um, animal of the Ethereum ecosystem. Like it shows up on so many places. Yeah. 
um, and we have a, a great poster hanging in our office where um, we bought it on CoinDesk. Uh, it's a Vitalik Buterin um, holding a unicorn like a, a, a uh, emperor symbol in his hand. So this looks very just cool. very cool and, and uh, has like, of course, the rainbows on it. And so, um, yeah, unicorns and rainbows are like symbols of Ethereum. Nice. Very cool. So in terms of kind of the process of the stamp in the creating um, and then selling, how how does that go about? Okay, so um, the, the physical crypto stamp is a, a, is a plastic card that you can break apart and then use one half to just glue it with the, with the attached glue that's already provided onto a parcel and you can send it around in Europe. So you would, you're not paying more for using a crypto stamp uh, if you can buy one. Uh, for the for the nominal price of Secure 90, you just use it like a normal stamp. But the, the cool part about this, it's, it's unique that every stamp has a unique uh, QR code that has its own landing page where you can see um, like some, some of the properties. I'll go into some of the details in, in a second. Okay. But the most important part, I think, for most people buying a crypto stamp physically is that it's really a nice starter kit for blockchain Ethereum uh, interaction, because you you get a twelve word standard uh, backup of your of a of a generated private key that's obviously not generated by yourself as it should be, but for starters you can just uh, use that one that is provided. You have the Ethereum address associated with it, and also a tiny amount of Ethereum that is um, uh, attached. Um, to the stamp, so to the stamp's address. So in fact, you can just buy the thing and immediately start interacting with smart contracts because... Um, and, and sorry, just to go back, and it's it's the same price of a regular stamp of the same... Yes, yes. So, nomination. Um, so there's no there's no money made or there's no extra to the fact that it's... A, that well, the money made comes from a very simple fact. Uh, it's just a very nice-looking item. People like to collect it, and they are probably not going to use it, let's say. Pe- most people are not going to use it at a stamp. That means that um, a lot of people are just buying it and just paying the price and not using it to send around the parcel. Okay, um, and in terms of that, can you see a like a secondary market for the stamps? Absolutely. There is. There are many secondary markets, in fact. So you said that was, it was six, six euro and 90 cents. Yes. The price, correct? Yes, that's the price. The secondary market, what, um, what are we kind of On the secondary market uh, on eBay, it's like between 12 and 25 for the most basic version. But then people like to collect special versions of the stamp. As I said, it has a unique serial number. So people like, for example, short serial numbers. People like serial numbers that have only letters and not uh, not uh, um, numbers in them, for example. Or people also like to collect different on-chain colors. So the on-chain colors is something special that okay. we did. Uh, every, there are five different colors, and it's uh, it was randomly selected at the beginning when we created the stamps. We uh, deployed the the uh, the attachment of which serial number has, has which color to the blockchain in an immutable way. Okay. And then you can look up through interaction through the smart contract, or just by looking on, on the landing page of the stamp, you can look up which color it has. 
And this color um, just it doesn't have any special function, but uh, the color has um, a rarity to it. So the, the most common color is the standard black version that is also the same version that we printed. But then some of, uh, some uh, about uh, half of those, um, uh, that many are then green, then half of those are blue, half of those are uh, yellow, and then the most rare version, about five times as rare as the, as the, as the yellow is red. So red, the red stamp right. is like the most rare thing. And from the red stamp, um, we, we issued 1,500. Okay. Um, uh, and from the, the total issuance was 150,000 stamps. So wow. 150,000 stamps and um, it was a, it was kind of, it was going viral, I would say, when we released it. So um, people just saw that it was rare. It was sold out in many physical shops that you can, so in, in Austria, there are like a lot, I, 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 uh, I can look up the exact number. So there are thousands of physical um, shop locations for um, uh, post offices. Yeah. And uh, you could buy uh, crypto stamps in every one of those, but most of them only had like 20 or so per day that they were allowed to sell. So obviously people were going in and said, sell me some crypto stamp. It was sold out basically everywhere because everybody wow. coming in bought 20 and then everybody else who came in just didn't get it. <laughs> and where <laughs> so else that, sold that was sold on OpenSea? Yes, yeah. Also? So OpenSea is now the secondary market. So um, let me just uh, uh, get to right, this right. distribution point. So yeah. first of all, the physical thing, then we, we, the same thing as the physical thing was sold by the online shop. And that's where a lot of international uh, fans came in. Uh, um, stamp collectors like philatelists came in and bought them via online shop. Yeah. Um, and uh, then also um, you could also buy it on chain. Okay, so that is a special type of how you can buy the, the crypto stamp. If you just go to the landing page, crypto.post.at, um, there is a smart contract linked. And if you just like in an ICO, pay money into that smart contract, you could pay €6.90 into it. And then you receive a virtual edition of the crypto stamp. And that virtual, virtual edition is a ERC721 um, um, stamp that is actually the same ERC721 as the one that is attached to the physical versions of the stamp. Okay. Um, but with one small twist, you can redeem this special um, stamp for a uh, to have it shipped to your home. Okay. So if you pay six euro ninety to the smart contract, ah, I get you it. Have it and some, so you have. You have basically a voucher for the physical stamps, and now now it becomes interesting because this is the one. This is the version of the crypto stamp that was very valuable on OpenSea after the initial batch of only five hundred was sold out. Wow, that's super and cool. The, and and how and how is the value uh, react to the fact that this specific stamp was or wasn't redeemed? I mean, uh, how 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 one user can know, uh, uh, and and what is the statistics regarding uh, what 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 is the percentages of uh, stamps that is being redeemed or stayed um, in the post office? Um, okay, so I can give you. Uh, you can look it up on chain. So it's all uh, every all the interaction happens via the blockchain. We actually for operating the system, we don't operate any database whatsoever. That, that's very interesting, I think. So that's like an, a deployment of, a, of an IT system without a database. The only real database we are using is the blockchain itself. 
So on the blockchain, you can see that there were 500 stamps sold as this a virtual item, and slightly more than half of those were physically redeemed. So that somebody entered their shipping address into an online form that is getting encrypted via uh, asymmetric cryptography and then transmitted via the blockchain to the Austrian post. And they received the transaction. And as soon as they received the transaction, they decrypt this information. And then if the uh, address that is provided is uh, something readable and, and something that they can ship to, they also perform an on-chain transaction to confirm that they are now shipping the physical item. And then it is shipped to the receiver. And uh, then the life cycle of the stamp is complete. And uh, from those items, I think, of course, um, the, uh, the, the value of the item is much higher if you can still redeem it, obviously, because that's, a, that's an interesting property that um, you don't always get with NFTs, that there is like some, some real-world effect that you can have by owning an NFT, right? So in this case, the real-world effect is you can redeem this item. And I think that is a concept that I would lo really love to apply to more than just stamps. I think that is a concept that works across a wide array of products. And um, some data um, protection, uh, like data privacy experts looked at this, how what we did with the like sending encrypted information there. And they actually praised the solutions. And now it is finally possible to do real anonymous shopping. Because if you uh, buy a product like this on chain anonymously, um, you can then own the item and then only the logistics provider needs to know where exactly um, the, the, the customer is located. You don't actually need to have um, like, a, um, like a remailing service or something in between uh, to, to hide your identity. You can actually do the full interaction on chain uh, with your uh, blockchain money and yeah. blockchain account and so on. Yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, I have a technical question. If someone is uh, buying uh, uh, ERC721 and then want to go and get his physical uh, uh, stamp, um, how exactly he is supposed to uh, uh, physically redeem it? Like is is uh, just sending them this uh, ERC721 or? No, 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 no. There is a uh, there's a smart contract interaction. It's called a function call called ship to me, and you can trigger it by going to crypto.post.at with your uh, web free enabled browser. So using your trust wallet or your MetaMask, um, you just go to crypto.post.at and then uh, click on the on the stamp that you own that you for example bought via OpenSea, and if it's redeemable, there is a form that can trigger this ship to me function. Wow. Super interesting. Um, one one point you made about you said there was space for other kind of adopters and other examples. What other brands can you see um, that will sell digital items like similar to what the Austrian Post did? I think the most obvious um, um, product type that uh, is already happening, but not in this type of shipping form, is like uh, collect uh, collectible uh, wines and spirits and uh, rare items yeah. like handbags and, and so on. And obviously shoes um, is a thing that's coming up. Um, so so would that be in terms of like authenticity and provenance or would it be? First, I think primarily I would say it's because you of the ease of access to these rare items that often have a quite complicated distribution mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you can actually issue a rare edition of uh 
a wine uh, on the blockchain by saying there are 500 bottles of this, who wants to buy them? And then you can have a, a market. And the, the question is, is the, um, does the wine actually physically exist? That's something that needs to, that the seller needs to prove it that, it, that it exists. And then the other question is, where is it located? And I think this is something where we will see um, custodial services for these items develop. Even either as part of the logistics providers or as part of the let's say infrastructure of the original seller. So if you say you buy um, like a wine uh, from France, um, you might be located in Israel, and then um, you but you can then get get it to a friend in California, and they they can send it to somebody else, and then eventually somebody from Germany redeems it, and then it's shipped from France to Germany, right? So you can have this uh, this uh, digital ownership be very flexible. And then have the physical redemption as, a, as an afterthought. And that's actually a good thing because um, it gives the item a lot of, um, 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 it lowers the friction cost of the transactions a lot, right? Because reselling a, a wine bottle, I think, is if you have a physical wine bottle, an actually very complicated process. You have to have. right? That's not, not easy to do otherwise. But if you can, if you own it digitally, then this process is simplified a lot. I, so, so basically what you are saying is, is very interesting. You think the main use case of, uh, like, if you can think about more use cases, you're basically thinking about things that are already physical collectibles. Only what you're saying is just a way, because the people that bought buying wine, buying a, a scarce sneakers, buy a stamps, buy art, like they don't really buy art in order to put the art in their in their in their home, and they don't buy the sneakers in order to wear them. They buy it as a, as an investment. And if they are buying as an investment, why not giving them some kind of a, a user interface? So, what do you yeah. think? Like other use cases uh, uh, that are mo mo most likely to be uh, after stamps, uh, besides stamps. Yeah, so um, one, one thing that I would like to point out is also that um, a lot of third parties uh, immediately uh, started to, to interact with it. So the, the most obvious one was like a trading platform. Um, when we started uh, the process, OpenSea didn't exist really, or at least we didn't know about it. Um, but, uh, but in fact, it popped up and it, it immediately started to function quite well for us. So I was very pleased to see that. And also people started to do virtual collections in 3D worlds like CryptoVoxels. So CryptoVoxels, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, you will cover this at some point or you already covered this. Uh, not yet, but... Uh, so yeah, but this, this is certainly uh, quite exciting um, to see that people were placing these NFTs in these virtual worlds. Um, regarding your questions of other, word, uh, uh, other, other items, I think... Um, um, you will definitely see a lot of ticketing associated with NFTs. It's already happening in a, at a lot of places. Um, all types of vouchers uh, should be, in fact, digitized as NFTs, in my opinion. Um, uh, and, of course, more complex workflows associated with um, ticketing. So uh, things like a flight check-in system. Okay? If you think about uh, you're reserving your, your place in, a, in, a, in an airplane, Obviously, with a reliable blockchain transaction, I would very much prefer that via a online check-in system from the uh, from the airline that might or not be online. 
you know, or function. So the, the clear rules regarding uh, online check-ins would be, I think, uh, great benefits uh, to, for people to use it. Can you explain the mechanism of uh, what you just described about the airlines? I didn't understand. Okay, so um, let's say I buy a flight to, um, to London, Vienna to London, um, and I don't have a seat yet. So, but what I do have is I have a ticket. Ah, interesting. To pre-buy a, a flight without a specific tickets where you can... And right now the, air, the, uh, the airlines companies are going to be bankrupt, so they need cash. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots yeah. are wow. connecting quickly, right? And and then, of course, That's I'm thinking a bit more complex than that, that, where the real value for the consumer also can, can come in, besides the airline having the cash immediately up front, of course. Um, the, for, the, for the consumer, the big benefit is that the check-in process can be streamlined and made much more reliable using an on-chain transaction because um, you you cannot have arbitrary shutdowns of uh, like IT systems in a, in a blockchain. For me personally, I, it happened to me many times. I just, I want to check in online and then the website of the, of the, of the airline just isn't responding. But, and I, I'm not sure if that many people uh, uh, encountered this, but I think that's actually more common than it should be. No, it happens uh, a lot actually. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that point. <laughs> and if you, if, if you have an always online system like a blockchain interaction, I would like to have my flight management interface wallet that has like a domain specific knowledge about how to reserve a seat and it was just reserve the seat on chain or maybe get it via an Oracle on chain so that I have a confirmation from the airline. So I think this, this would be something that I would love to see. Uh, could, could you even move forward with having like your identity documents linked as well? I'm not sure if that's necessarily uh, required to to be somewhat connected on chain. I think a lot of people are working on this, and I think yeah. zero zero knowledge proofs have to I think be um, developed a bit further to own, to actually have the right privacy um, properties to for a public blockchain. I think there's still some technological um, gaps that we need to close here. But other than that, yes, uh, I think that 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 those two uh, problem domains I think should be separated because I think there is a lot of utility in having the workflow uh, on-chain and not necessarily everything document or identity-related or security-related also being handled on-chain. Yeah, because I think it's kind of like still somewhat archaic that we're using like physical passports, physical residency cards. Yeah, that's true. But uh, in fact, the, the passport itself is a, is a cryptographic device. You know, there's a private key, there's a signatures and, and all this stuff, and uh, there's data storage for, for, for pictures and, and biometrics. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if everybody's aware of that, but the passport itself is already very much a digital identity. Okay, and very in fact, cool. Do you know that uh, Mike Hearn suggested in 2012 to actually use um, passport um, IDs as, as the cryptographic IDs for a future blockchain uh, interaction system before he, he went to R3? And that, made, that, that was like ahead of his time, and uh, some people were... Like very critical of this idea, <laughs> but techno technologically, he's right that it is possible. Definitely, if it's the right cypherpunk approach to rely on state actors to give you a cryptographic ID, that's a different question. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Okay, I think we're nearly uh, running out of time here, but I've got one more question for you, which you've kind of covered, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where do you see the future of digital collectibles? Like, how far do you see this going? 
I think it's uh, going uh, very quick. So I see the future in the very immediate future. In fact, I think in the next two years, you will see a lot of mainstream brands jump on board this. You will see um, like clothing brands uh, incorporating digital identity, digital uh, twins into their uh, branded products. Um, that 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 will happen for sure. You will see uh, ticketing being shifted towards blockchain solutions. Yeah either implicitly or explicitly. In fact, we are doing a project with the, with the city of Vienna for uh, culture institutions, um, which is kind of shutting down right now because of the coronavirus. But we actually developed a very nice solution for, um, for um, public uh, access to public uh, places using NFTs, but without the user being aware that they are using a blockchain technology in, in here. Um, and the big benefit is we could um, like run a federated uh, chain between institutions that uh, basically um, is able to issue those tickets. So uh, this is something where it will go beyond the prototype or pilot stage. And, and I think uh, maybe in a couple of uh, years, every person who wants to like redeem a ticket will preferably do that via their smartphone. And it will just pop up as a, as a notification. Now, now you have a ticket via one uh, cryptographically managed uh, ID. But I think before that really can take off and before the big brands and, and all the mainstream applications can jump on top of that, there is one very critical um, type of infrastructure that like the blockchain community needs to solve right now. And I think we are where, we are go- where we are going. Um, yeah. We need a great way to manage your cryptographic identity without like a middleman, a cent- like yeah. a custodial provider um, exactly. that is built into like the smartphone or that is at least um, understood as an industry standard by many applications that can plug into that. So I'm talking about things like, like social kind of social key recovery, things like uh, what, uh, what Samsung is starting to do right now. Um, and uh, this is, I think, going to be a huge topic and a huge uh, part of a critical infrastructure for cryptographic applications that is everybody is affected, but it's all a, um, uh, it's like a tragedy of the commons. Nobody is willing to take the plunge and do the effort to solve this that all the others can uh, jump into it and also uh, benefit from it. Yeah, very much so. I think that's kind of the one thing that I, when I was very new to the NFT space was kind of getting people to adopt it, but having people download so many different apps and, and features, it was just kind of what was stopping it in its tracks. I mean, especially for so many people that blockchain is still a dirty word, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I get it. I think, I think that is where we need to put in a lot of effort. We, I mean, we have some ideas how to do that, um, but I think we need to collaborate with, uh, with many others and uh, others have certainly similar ideas. So let's get uh, our hands dirty and let's get these hard problems solved. Wonderful. Let's do it. Okay, Andres, thank you very much for your time. Um, It was wonderful. Yeah, thank you very much for having me.